Ah, dude, I said, let's get this party started. Well, welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. You can catch all of our back episodes of The Watchlist with Patty and Bill by clicking on thewatchlistpod.com. You can also engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. And you can also subscribe to us wherever you pick up your podcasts and make sure you hit that like button on Apple Podcasts. And also, don't forget to tell your Alexa-enabled device, hey, Alexa, play the Watchlist with Patty and Bill podcast. All right. Giggity, giggity. What the fuck? Giggity, giggity. What? That was just a shout out for Family Guy. Okay. Giggity, giggity. Okay. Uh, it's Quagmire. <laughs> All right, fine. We each have one new show that we've watched. Yes. And then yes, we do. And we actually already got Mass Singer all out of the way, but I do have a question about that. Uh huh. So I was watching a preview of the Mass Singer for this coming Wednesday. They're going to introduce a whole new group. Are they? Um. Well, the Fox Network here in Chicago is going to be airing the World Series. Which I believe is part of on Wednesday. Because I was flipping through because of the show that I watched. Dwight was like, hey, are we going to watch that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? What is this show? So I start flipping through my channel, going through, and saw that the World Series is happening. So I'm wondering, is the Mass Singer going to be on? Well, uh, that I I don't know, but the preview that I saw, all things being considered, all things Mm -hmm. being equal, if they were to show The Masked Singer, it was a completely different group of characters. Hmm. So they do have three pods this year? Maybe, because what is the other group? What are they then? Oh, excuse me. I'm yawning because I really don't care, but... I don't know. <laughs> they said, and just you wait, there shall be more surprises. And then, you know, Nicole Scherzinger goes, oh, my God. Oh, you know, I think I saw that preview and I think it, there was like a set of lips or something. Yeah, there's a set of lips. Another. I, I know nothing about this new group. So uh, what the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, I wish yeah, I, I sound like I'm just not interested anymore, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> See? This uh, I'm winning you over. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Yes, I am. No. Yes, I am. You're gonna be over this no, show in no time. I think my, you know, clinical depression is winning me over. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Well that hmm. good grief. <laughs> <laughs> on a very special episode of the watch list with Patty and Bill. Actually, we're kind of sort of going to touch on a lot of Aren't we? A lot of that la- yeah. later on. So That's stay tuned. A, like ooh, Stay tuned. Anyway. We're actually going to get a little bit deeper but still entertain you. All right. So yes. what new show did you watch? There's a new show that started 2 weeks ago last week. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's already started. It's on its third episode is already available on Hulu. This is a Fox show called Next. Oh, I kind of wanted to see that with the with the dude who's been in everything. Well, it stars John Slattery, 
who was in Mad Men. He was Roger Sterling in Mad Men. And John Slattery is damn good at being a total dick. Total dick, self-absorbed asshole. That is like his his shtick, so to that's speak. It, that's his niche. That's his niche. There you go. So next is about um, artificial intelligence and this tech company and how this guy, played by John Slattery, believes that AI is going to mean the end of humankind. That's essentially the premise of the show. And the first episode, um, we see John Billingsley, who is Dr. Phlox from Enterprise. Enterprise as in the... The, the series, the Scott, Enterprise. The Scott Bakula Enterprise. Yes, the Scott Bakula Enterprise, yes. That's, I feel like that's the one that everybody forgets actually happened. It is, but I see his face and I just remember that guy, that character he did on that show. And what's his name again on the show? His name on the show is Dr. Phlox. He was the doctor. The only you know, alien on the crew doctor. And Phlox is also a type of flower that we have in our garden. Yeah, well, that's his name. Anyway, John Billingsley, he has discovered something with computer code and he's trying to share it with people. And he was trying to go visit John Slattery at his company. He's like this billionaire tech mogul who owns this big company to talk to him about this code that he found. And as we see him driving, this car of children of young teenagers is driving and the kid like the one girl saying slow down and the driver's like i can't i can't control it what are you doing i don't know ah and there's a car accident <laughs> and there's an fbi girl she's like the head of this team of fbi agents at the fbi i'm talking weird now <laughs> so wait she's an fbi agent at the fbi no what? Shit. what who would have thunk it <laughs> Her team is putting together this big human trafficking, child trafficking case. And she is friends with John Billingsley. And somebody brings her this videotape that was found in the car with him. And the tape is like, if you're watching this tape, that means I'm dead. And then the wackiness ensues. I'm not going to get too deep into this because you don't need to me to explain the entire episode. But essentially, it's this AI... And John Slattery is the owner of the company that created it. And John Billingsley discovered it. And this FBI agent is going to start investigating. And yet she's got this other case. So is it good? It was really damn good, which is why I'm not going any further with okay. this. Because you just need to watch it. He's really good at being a dick. Like the self-absorbed, rich dick, asshole kind of guy. Um the, which is why he plays Tony Stark's father in the Avengers movies. Which, yeah. That's why he's so good at this. And, you know, it's just, it's really creepy. And it gets you thinking, like, what the fuck? And I'm really glad I don't have an Alexa. So definitely watch next on yes. Fox. Yes. Or catch up on past episodes on Hulu. Yeah, they got the first three episodes are on Hulu. I do want to check that out. Mm-hmm. So I was watching, and again, this goes into my, you know what, there's too much shit happening in the world. We've got, what, two weeks to go before this fucking election. Really? So I am just... Two weeks feels so far away, yet so close. Yet yeah, so close. It's so weird. Because shit is happening every yeah. day, yet yeah. we've already voted. So, yeah, same here. Yeah. But I've been, I've been searching for comedy just because I want an escape. Okay. 
So I found the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Now, original episodes air on CBS, but Netflix has all of season one. And each episode is about 20 to 25 minutes long. And it stars Walter Goggins, who you know mainly as the the bad guy from Justified with Timothy Oliphant. Assuming I've seen Justified. Well, yes. you People know him from a variety of stuff. So he's that guy from that thing. He's the guy from that thing, okay. Justified. And <laughs> he stars as a widowed dad navigating life a year after his wife passed and he's raising two preteen daughters and doing the best that he can. And he's doing a pretty good job. He's a good dad and he's got two couples who are their best friends. So they are helping him, supporting him. They're all best friends, but they also, and there was this one episode that actually kind of sort of addressed it. When there's a when they go to a restaurant, and there's a table for five instead of a table for six. They're going through this loss and grief as well. But don't get me wrong. This is not a very heavy handed show. It is very comedic and it is also very charming. Hmm. Now, there are a lot of shows like this that do work. And there are a lot of shows like this that don't where it's just forced and stuff. But this show works. And part of why I hadn't watched anything else is because I've already I'm already set seven episodes deep into this show. Oh wow. Okay. So usually, you know, you and I'll watch maybe one episode, two episodes, kind of get a feel for it and then review it. No, I'm actually gonna watch this show. This is my new shit. Really? Most of the things I watch, it's all all the episodes and then I review it. Oh. Because <laughs> well. I can't control myself. Like we were ready to start up the second episode next, and I'm like, dude, no, we don't. We, I, I don't have time. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're the one who only watches a couple episodes. Well, but I also, I also <laughs> do that, especially if the show sucks, or I don't, or if I'm not feeling it. Oh well, if it's that way, yeah. But if it's you know really good show, I'm watching the whole damn thing if it's available. Well. But and to my credit, also, there are also shows like uh, what was that shit on Fox with the serial killer? Um, oh, that shit. Yeah. You know, that shit. Yeah. That's uh, my brother loved that show, though, by the way. Really? He did. He thought you were prodigal crazy. son. Prodigal yeah, he son. thought you were crazy. He said that show is awesome. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But I gave that show every chance in the you world, sure but, the glaring, sure but the glaring plot wholeness of that show mm -hmm. and the sheer stupidity of certain family members continually putting themselves in harm's way mm -hmm. despite the situation. Yeah. Anyway. So the unicorn, getting back to that, I really liked it. If you are looking for light and fluffy Mostly comedy, a little bit of touchy feelings in there. I think this show does well. It has also been picked up for a second season on CBS. Good to know. So it's not like you're going to get, you know, into the season one's 20 episodes and then you're going to be left hanging. A season two is coming, but thanks to COVID, we don't know when it's going to debut. But anyway. Okay. So that's what I got. All right. So this Wednesday... Uh, is Carrie Fisher's birthday. And I don't know about you, but in 2016, I was at my job 
at the big box store, which I frequently mention. And I remember hearing that Carrie Fisher died. And I was just, it blew my shit wide open. And I, it, that was one of those deaths where I was like, no, no, that's not happening. And then sure enough, I logged on to, you know, the thing the young kids call the internet. And there it was. Yep. And Princess Leia died. Mm-hmm. Well, but what she left behind was a treasure trove of not only her skills as an actress, but also her skills as a writer. She is quite the well-known ghost writer in Hollywood, mm-hmm. a comedic writer in Hollywood, and just a person who is open and honest about the afflictions that she was going through. So we we each watched a few older things that Carrie Fisher had done, but we both watched a documentary, not a documentary, a, a one-woman stage show that she did called Wishful Drinking, which was based on her own autobiography. Yeah, it's just her talking about herself. And the the really sad thing is that like two or three days after she recorded that is when her dad died. Eddie Fisher, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, her father, Eddie Fisher. And she is, do you want to talk about the documentary now? Or not the documentary. I the, call the it a one documentary. Show? Sure. The one uh, woman that's, show the, that's what gave me the idea as well to do this show all about her. Because, well, A, Wednesday's her birthday, which I share the birthday with her, which is why I know Wednesday is her birthday oh. without having to look it up. Oh. Our birthday well, happy almost day. birthday. Yeah, we've been, you know, birthday twins, as I've always referred to it. And, you know, she's just, I've always, you know, admired Carrie Fisher because, you know, she's Princess Leia, who was the first princess who had any kind of a, like, gumption, like, oh, this man is what will make my life complete. No, she's not some stupid fairy tale princess. She is like, I'm going to kill this shit and you're sucking at this job. So I'm going to take over from you kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Like a princess of balls. Really? And, you know, that was Princess Leia. And I was like, there, there's a princess who's not like princessy. I could get behind that. I'm all about that. Well, one thing that she did in Star Wars, which was unintentional, but I thought that it was cool. They film movies out of order all the time. Yeah. And there was one scene where she, Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader were watching the Death Star approach Alderaan. And she affected this British accent. And then later on in the scene, she lost it. And I always took that to be she was making fun of Governor Tarkin. And I just, but to your point, her role as that princess was so strong. She had the balls, even though she was held captive, to make fun of the empire. Yeah, yeah. And she t- she called Wook- uh, Chewbacca a walking carpet and to get out of my way. She's giving Han Solo orders. She's just a she was just a badass in that movie. She was a total badass. Total and badass. she continued to be a badass. Yeah. Even though the the bikini and Return yeah. of the Jedi, you know. Well, I'm sure that wasn't her choice. No, 12-year-old Bill was happy, though. 
And you know what? One of the styles of poster for Return of the Jedi features her in that bikini on the front of it. Oh, yeah. In the forefront, actually as big as Luke Skywalker on that poster. Oh, yeah. And And I love the poster. I think it is exceptional artwork. But I almost hesitate hanging it. You know, because I take it through that lens now yeah. where I yeah. didn't back in 1983. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, Carrie Fisher was more than Princess Leia, though. Oh, don't. yeah, yeah. She was a brilliant, brilliant writer mm-hmm. with a really, really wicked sense of humor. So why don't you talk about what you watched and we'll just go back and forth with some stuff. Yeah, well, Wishful Drinking is her filmed one woman stand-up show uh she's just talking about her life and everything based on that autobiography you can watch that on hbo max that you know i caught that last week and i was this is fucking hysterical why haven't i watched this before and it is it's just fucking hysterical her just talking about her life and outline of all of how incestuous hollywood is with the family lines and everything and oh my god (laughs) And how fucked up her parents' relationships were and who, which one of her parents was fucking who. And Oh, my God. Yeah, the incestuousness of, you know, everything of Hollywood uh, and all the who's dating who. And wait, but this guy and that guy and this one and I'm doing this. Oh, my God. And she turns it into a sort of game show-like presentation. (laughs) Oh, it was so funny. So funny. And, yes, she talks about Star Wars because how can she not? That's a big part of her, how she's known. Until I saw the other, doc- the actual Bright Lights documentary, that's the story of you know, Carrie Fisher and her mom, Debbie Reynolds, and their relationship. I, I had no idea that Carrie Fisher could sing. Like, I didn't know that she was a singer. Mm. So, and I was like, oh, huh. So that was, like, eye-opening to me as well. But... Uh, the movie, I watched a few of her movies. Um, I'll just start with Hannah and her sisters. <sighs> <laughs> now, this this won Oscars. This actually won some Oscars. And I remember when it came out in 1986, I want to say it was. Yeah, it was 1986. I remember seeing the Siskel and Ebert episode where they review it and they say how wonderful it was and how amazing it was and oh it was fabulous and I think this movie must be a product of its time because now watching it this is an awful piece of shit the movie is about Hannah and her two sisters and it's what? a Woody- <laughs> what? you don't say huh? and Woody Allen wrote it he directed it so it's also got Woody Allen in it. Yeah. Yeah. Creep, creepy ass Woody oh, Allen. You know, and ugh. so anyway, uh, apparent, uh, the main story is Hannah's husband played by Michael Caine and Hannah is played by Mia Farrow. Michael Caine starts hooking up with Hannah's sister who is played by Barbara Hershey. They start, he has an affair with her sister. And that's essentially what this movie is supposed to be about. Hannah, her her life, her sister's lives. But Woody Allen is her ex-husband in the movie. He is her ex-husband. And so which, which, whose ex-husband? Is Hannah's ex-husband. Okay. 
and there's this whole storyline of him and his hypochondria and does he have a brain tumor or not that where it why why are we even seeing him at all he is not he's her ex-husband so maybe we should focus on her and not because this isn't hannah and her ex-husband this is hannah and her fucking sisters man you know (sighs) and then he's a tv writer and there's a lot there's a short little scene there where he's they're doing the tv show back they're backstage talking about the tv show and somebody comes up to him and says you have to cut the line about child molestation oh and woody allen replies what but everybody's doing it and i was like oh. what Whoa. what and then i just kept seeing more and more woody allen and his fucking hypochondria and i'm like where's fucking carrie fisher already just show me carrie fisher Essential Carrie Fisher is Diane Weist's business partner. They do they have a catering company, and Diane Weist is one of the sisters of Hannah. And oh, she is also a sister. Yeah, Diane Weist is a sister. Know. Barbara Hershey's a sister, and then Mia Farrow is Hannah. And I I didn't really follow the sisters' names, so Diane Weist and Carrie Fisher are catering a party, and Sam Waterston walks in, and starts chatting them up. He's a big architect. From the original Law and Order. Yes. Sam Waterston from Law and Order. He's very young, by the way. Yeah. And actually kind of good looking as a young guy. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And, and so he's, you know, chatting up both of them. Clearly, both women are interested in him. They go off to look at some of his architecture that he does around New York City. And then they both like the all three of them like the opera and Diane Weiss just can't land a man and he takes her to the opera. But then the next day he calls Carrie Fisher to take her to the opera. And that both women are also trying to be actresses and singers and auditioning for parts. And I had to keep fast forwarding through all that fucking Woody Allen shit to just to get to that. And then I, then I reached the point where I'm like, Oh my God, this is so bad. This is awful. Oh my God, this is nearly two hours long. I can't take it. And I stopped. So was Carrie Fisher only in it? She was in it. She had, uh, let's see, there was the scene at, they open at Thanksgiving and we see Carrie Fisher walking around. We saw her putting things on the table talking. And then later on when they're catering, because Diane Wiest asks, Hannah for $2,000 for to start this business or something. Um, yeah, Diane Weiss is constantly asking her sister for money. And then we see them catering the party. We see them with Sam going looking at buildings. And then we see them auditioning for a play. And then that's when Carrie tells Diane that Sam asked her to go to the opera and she wasn't sure what to do. And then she said, okay, sure. And then Diane gets angry. And then I don't know if we see them again. Because that's, it off. that's when I, I kept fast forwarding. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much of Woody Allen and his bullshit. I just can't. It is. Most Woody Allen movies are about Woody know, Allen and I his know, bullshit. But fuck, how did anybody like this enough to give it an Oscar? Because. It was, there was a time that I actually liked Woody Allen a lot. 
And but me liking Woody Allen was an old comedy from the seventies called Sleeper. Mm, okay. Where he played a guy who's who's put into cryogenic sleep and he, mm-hmm. you know, and he was woken up in the future and blah blah blah. Okay. That I thought was funny. But when you start doing the same stuff all over again, where you have neuroses and all this other sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm done with that. A big part of it for me is what the fuck, Hannah, Hannah's sister, Barbara Hershey. Why are you fucking your sister's husband? That was the first part for me was like, what is this about? Why is why? Why would you do that to your fucking sister? Second part was, okay, so Hannah, she divorces Woody Allen. Apparently, after they were divorced, because we saw in flashbacks different parts of their relationship and why their marriage fell apart, because he can't have kids. Well, Hannah's other sister, Diane Wiest, apparently Hannah set her and ex-husband Woody Allen up on a date after they were divorced. I don't want to date my sister's husband, my sister's ex-husband. I just, no, no. And even if my sister was closer to my age, I wouldn't be dating her husband. So if if I hear what you're throwing down, (laughs) if I'm picking up what you're throwing down, it ain't worth the time you're investing into it to watch the Carrie Fisher parts. No, Hannah and her sisters may be this great Oscar winning. Everybody's giving it kudos and lauding it as the best shit ever. This is fucking trash. Maybe in the eighties it was great, but it's crap. And watching this cause it's all is in New York and you're seeing New York all over. And around 1986 is when I went to New York for the first time ever. And my, take back of that was New York is a filthy, filthy city. And you see just how filthy and disgusting New York is in this movie. It absolutely was. It was in the 80s. Holy crap, was it? And in the 70s, it was much worse. I'm sure it was. It was. What cleaned up up New York? Disney. When Disney started moving into things like Times Square and so forth, that's when they really started cleaning up New York. Because the, cl- the clean New York that you see now yeah. did not exist in the 70s yeah. and the 80s. Yeah, no. yeah, the last few times I went, um, that was like f- uh, around, well, yeah, within the last five years is when I was going there for work. And I thought New York was great. And I'm like, why did I ever think this was a filthy place? Well, now I know why. Because it was a filthy place in the 80s. And now it's it's way nicer looking now, by the way. Yes. So anyway, Hannah and her sisters. It's trash. Stay away from it. Don't waste your time or your money. Because you can only rent it. And yes, I paid 4 or $5 for this piece of shit that I want my money back now. Okay. I actually want my $5 back. Well, I wonder if you could write them and say, this is a piece of shit. I want my $5. Hey, Amazon, this was fucking crap. Credit me. Mm-hmm. This movie was broken. Yeah, I would like a replacement. It won't put in my player. <laughs> so I'm going to do this in release order. Okay. So Carrie Fisher. So my first thing that I saw Carrie Fisher in, other than Star Wars, was the Blues Brothers. If you have not seen The Blues Brothers, it is an amazing comedy, an absolutely amazing comedy. And 
It came out in 1980. And does it hold up? The one thing that never held up was the timing of everything. If you really know Chicago, Mm -hmm. or you don't even have to know Chicago, because there's one point in the movie where Elwood turns to Jake. Elwood, played by Dan Aykroyd, turns to Jake, played by John Belushi, the funny one. Mm -hmm. And... And Elwood says it's a hundred and it's a hundred and something miles to Chicago. We got a half a, ta- a half a pack of cigarettes, tank, a tank. half a pack of cigarettes, a tank of gas. It's dark and we're wearing, wearing sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah. Anywhere in the world, it's a hundred and six miles to Chicago. That is less than a that is less than a two hour trip. <laughs> Yet somehow. This trip lasts all of overnight in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's after what? they escape where, you know. Are they getting out of prison in Juliet, though? Well, yeah, but that's way but, after the but, prison in Juliet. Oh, that's after. Wait, the, the 100 miles to Chicago is after the yes. Juliet? Oh. Yes. This is way after Jake is released from prison in Juliet. Oh, and Okay. Then they go back and and they meet the the sister okay. who raised them in the in the convent or in the Catholic school, and that's when they find out that that school is being shut down unless they pay the property tax on it. Okay, yeah, it's Which been a five, long time since I've clearly it's been a long like, time since I've watched those brothers. It's like five grand. So through a message from God. They actually figure out a way to get that money. And the wackiness ensues from there because they have to put the band back together. But they are criminals at heart. So they cause all this mayhem along the way. And they piss off Nazis. They piss off country music singers. They piss off the state police. And all of it ends up in this massive chase scene filmed in Chicago. And if you want to know what practical effects look like? Watch the Blues Brothers, because it's really well done. Well, Carrie Fisher comes into this movie as this mystery woman who is trying her best to kill the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why until later on in the movie. And it turns out that Jake left her at the altar. <laughs> And not only did Jake leave her at the altar, but there were hundreds of people at this wedding. The The bride and her family pulled all kinds of favors to make shit happen. And all the time you, you're wondering, Carrie Fisher is fine. What the fuck is she doing with Jake Elwood <laughs> or, or Jake Blues, right? Yeah. But she's hilarious as this, again, kick-ass person who pulls a bazooka out of her car to blow up the apartment building yeah. that they live in. I remember so if you're that. looking for a good old school comedy and and trust me when I tell you, yes, it does look dated because it took place in Chicago in 1980. Yeah. yeah. So if you're all weird about movies looking blurry because they're old, get over yourself and watch a good comedy. It is a classic. But that's the Blues Brothers. All right. Then I watched Postcards from the Edge. Which stars yeah. Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine. It also has Dennis Quaid, Oliver Platt, Rob Reiner, Gene Hackman, and Richard Dreyfus in it. 
And that one is, it's based on her novel, which really kind of reflects a lot of her life and her relationship with her mother anyway. So Meryl Streep is Susanna. She's an actress in Hollywood and she overdoses and gets sent to rehab. And her mom, Shirley MacLaine, is this, you know, movie star from back in the day, singer, actress. And it's all about their relationship, really, and how she's trying, struggling to stay sober. And, you know, her mom is an alcoholic and an exhausting woman <laughs> to have as a mother and trying to just, after being in rehab, getting back into acting and Hollywood and getting roles where insurance companies won't cover you because you're going to relapse and then walk off the set and we can't, you know, can't guarantee that and all that. And Which that- is what happened to Robert Downey Jr. There was a time that nobody would hire him. Yeah, yeah. And one of the few gigs that he could get was on Ally McBeal. Oh, my God. I love that show. And not only did it prove that that boy could actually sing, because if you've never heard Robert Downey Jr. sing, that boy can sing. But it actually helped give him a second life in Hollywood. Great. Pe- people had to go to bat for him. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of times that insurance companies won't insure you. Lindsay Lohan is another oh, one of them. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely true stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, this is totally worth watching. It's really well done. It's really good. And, you know, it's not one of those, there's a little bit of romanciness in it, but not really. So, it's not like, you know, this woman, until she meets the man, she can't have her fancy ass life. No, this is like a woman who's going through shit. And she still loves her mom no matter what, even though mom's helping with this shit to happen. But, you know, she's your mom. And you love your yeah. mom and you, you just do what you got to do to, you know, get through. And which is why it was so fucking heartbreaking to know that, that Debbie Reynolds died of a broken heart. Oh my God. Because just the day after her daughter died, mm. her last words to their, to Carrie Fisher's brother were, I want to be with Carrie. And she had a massive stroke and she died. Hmm. That woman died of a broken heart over the death of her daughter. And uh, yeah, I get that. So Carrie Fisher was also one of the friends in When Harry Met Sally. Yes, she was. So Billy Crystal, Harry, Sally, Meg Ryan, and Meg Ryan's old face, by the way, when she yes, was, you know, back when she had you know I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I don't mean to throw shade at anybody, but damn, somebody fucked up her face anyway. Um, but the, the late 80s and the early 90s were all kinds of rom-com. And when Harry Met Sally is the one most famous for the faked orgasm scene in the, in the deli. Mm-hmm. But Carrie Fisher along with Bruno Kirby, play very good friends of Harry. And they help give him guidance on how to handle and navigate the whole, can you really be friends with a woman and not expect sex from her and all that other sort of, will she, won't she, blah. Mm -hmm. It's a lighter role. But again, it's Carrie Fisher doing something uh, different. 
And just as a sidebar, there were a lot of roles that she was not credited for that you, you know, and she played a therapist in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, which is kind of ironic (laughs) being the therapist. So in this movie, if you're just looking for something sweet and an 80s rom-com that, you know, you're feeling nostalgic, you could do worse than When Harry Met Sally. Really? Yeah. And and just to watch that iconic scene where Meg Ryan gives it her all, shall we say, and then Rob Reiner's mother says, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> yeah. That is a classic scene. Yes. A classic scene. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So the last of things that I watched by her or that had her in it is a movie I found on Amazon Prime. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's called Hollywood Vice Squad. Oh, yeah. It's from 1984, 85. And it has uh, Carrie Fisher in it. Joey Travolta is in it. Oh. And Robin Wright before she became Princess Buttercup is in the No way. Way. Wow. Yeah. This was shortly after she had been on Santa Barbara, but just before Princess Bride. Wow. And Hollywood Vice Squad is a movie. It's an action movie. And she plays one of the uh, Vice Squad cops along with Joey Travolta and other people who, uh, you know, I don't know if I, if I said their names, you'd be like, who the fuck's that? But you'll know them when you see them. They're people that have been in things. And she's a pretty badass cop, but she's trying to make her way in this man's world. And she has seen like, there's different things going down. There's a, a guy who's, who, who's uh, part of a betting ring and the vice cops are going after him. And then there's uh, um, Carrie's case that she's trying to get, get to is a guy who's doing, who's uh, making porn, but he's got underage people in it. So she wants to bring this guy down and her mom shows up at her house and is like, when are you going to get like a, a proper job? And she's like, Ma, I'm a cop. This is a proper job. Because apparently women aren't supposed to be cops. And this is how mom feels. But, you know, it's a product of its time. And the other storyline is Robin Wright's mom is looking for her. She's gone missing or run away. You know, she had a letter from her daughter where the daughter was saying she's this guy is helping her get into movies. Well, it turns out this guy runs like an underage He's an underage pimp and runs this sex ring. An underage no, pimp? He's a pimp for underage girls. This what uh, it, you okay. know, He's a pimp of underage girls. And okay. he keeps her all coked up. Robin Wright is now one of his, his girls that's all coked up. And, you know, he pimps her out. So we got a, a couple of vice cops trying to get this guy and bring him down and get this girl back. Because, you know, mom went crying to the captain. And the captain's like, all right, I'm going to help you. And 
oh my god, this movie is so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. And part well, of even me, the poster looks terrible. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Part of me thinks that the opening um or one of the the movie roles that Meryl Streep is doing in Postcards from the Edge. I, I feel like part of it's based on this really horseshit movie she's in. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I really do. Because, you know, she's a cop and Meryl Streep is a cop, you know, is playing a role as a cop in the movie after she gets clean. And this is just so bad. This just everything about it the, the, is so bad. Everything about it. It, it has a whole 20% on Rotten oh Tomatoes. Though. It, it, you know, it, oh, man. But Robin Wright... <laughs> she is she is really good in this like you can see how she is does not belong in this movie because she's such a good actress you know the way she can just bring the tears and so can you know she's um she's supposed to be a teenager where mom doesn't care about me and i'm just gonna go do what i want and she doesn't love me and then there's this horrible speech from the captain at the end there but you could see her face in her face she's got just just her face is is really getting across, you know, this kid's heartbreak and everything that's happened and and her relationship with her mom, you know, on her face. It's just that was really good, but the movie itself is absolute trash. Excellent. <laughs> trash is good. So if you want to watch like not not, you know, Woody Allen shit. That's just shit. This is like a trashy 80s cop badly done action movie that could very well become a cult classic if enough people watch this horrible thing. And it's also got that horrible blurry video quality. Oh, excellent. Love that. <laughs> and it's free on Amazon prime. Excellent. <laughs> you know, it's not a bad way to spend a, an hour ish, an hour and a half. I don't know how long that was. But it, it it did not feel like it was dragging on the way that the Hannah and her sisters dragged and dragged and dragged. Oh my god, it was so bad. Oh, I just couldn't anymore. I'm like, I can't do this. I just can't. Well, the last movie that I have mm -hmm. is a movie called Soap Dish. I that was on my list to watch, and I ran out of time. But I did see this uh, way back in the day. And it is one of my favorite comedies. As a matter of fact, when I started really getting into streaming movies and actually just investing in nothing but digital copies, Soap Dish was quite literally the first movie oh. that I ever had, I ever bought the digital copy of. Cool. And it is a hodgepodge of everybody. Yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Shue, Kevin Klein, um, Oh my God! Who else is in this? Robert Downey Jr., Whoopi Goldberg, Terry Hatcher. Is Sally Field in that? Sally Field, okay. thank you very much. Yes, yeah, she is in that, and Sally Field plays the the All My Children kind of Susan Lucci role. Mm -hmm. Except the inside meta joke is that is that. Um, Sally Field always wins because up to that point, Susan Lucci had been nominated so many times and never won. Yeah, yeah. She, I, that's how I remember her is the woman who is always nominated, never wins. So it the, the entire movie revolves around this soap opera called The Sun Also Sets. And 
uh, Carrie Fisher plays the casting director, Betsy Faye Sharon, because everybody on a soap opera has three names and they're all glorious and all that. And (laughs) it's just funny because she's she's sexy and she's working in this really bitchy role of of the casting director but it's a big ensemble comedy she's not in it very much cuz it it revolves around elizabeth shue's character getting on this soap opera mm-hmm. and sally field sort of dissuading her from that but then welcoming it but then Kevin Klein comes, and if you haven't seen this movie, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the wackiness ensues from mm-hmm. there. But Carrie Fisher is instrumental of getting Elizabeth Shue on this soap opera. Okay. So it is just a great comedy if you have never, ever, ever, ever seen it. It is. I'm re- I remember really liking it, and I feel like... There were a lot of like lines, quotable lines that I had that are now gone from yeah. my head anyway, because, you know, I'm an old lady now. You are not. Shut up. Oh, dude, seriously. Yeah. OK, whatever. But anyway, so happy almost birthday to you and definite birthday wishes go out and we miss you, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just as a sidebar, me and Mike Alexander. Mm hmm. We stood in line for hours on the last day of Star Wars Celebration, the convention number three in Indianapolis, and we got her autograph. Oh, nice. And we both, and uh, obviously you meet this person and you have like five seconds with them. They sign your shit and then they leave. And I said, I really love you in Soap Dish. Oh. And she looks up at me and says, you know, I don't ever get that. <laughs> you know, I can believe it. <laughs> you know, a bunch Wars of Star Wars geeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and her autograph in, on my poster is actually quite special. Oh. They're all special. And that's why I don't buy autographs. I, I There is a story behind every single autograph that I, that I have. Mm-hmm. And... That Star Wars poster means the world to me because of all the adventures that took place getting it. Nice. And the last autograph that went on it went on it just in 2019. So that poster was quite literally 20, 25 years in the making. Yeah. So rent, even celebrate Carrie Fisher's life. Watch any of the movies that we suggested. Log on to the watchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button, or engage us on your social media at the watchlist pod. What is your favorite Carrie Fisher movie? Let us know that. And celebrate the life of somebody who made a huge cultural impact. Yeah. Yeah, for real. There you go. And I think she also really brought attention to uh, mental illness and depression and all of that as well. And had for years. Yeah. And Postcards from the Edge is, is testament to that. Mm-hmm. Because if she's writing this book and it's based on her life, that's one thing that she should be applauded for. Yeah. She always talked about her her depression and she talked about... Bipolar disorder and her drug addiction. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And she's... She's very open and honest about it, and she fought it all of her life. Mm. 
her family knew it and was trying to help her as well. And I, and in researching this show, Billy Lord even said when the actual autopsy came out and they found drugs in her system, even uh, they found drugs in Carrie Fisher's system. And she said, my mom was battling drug addiction all her life. Yeah. And so thank God she was out there actually saying, I'm me, I'm Princess Leia, but I am also an addict and I am also damaged and it's who I am. And if you are to go get help, yeah. there is no shame in it. It is who you are. And amen to that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, all right. I don't even know how to end the show. <laughs> on that you note. Know. And on that note... <laughs> I, I, I've got, well, <laughs> let's see. This show is going to debut on what day? It's going to come Tomorrow, out what, Monday. M- Monday. So this is going to be Monday. And we're getting awfully close because Monday is the 20th. We've got 11 more days to Halloween. So Monday's the 19th. Yep. Like you said. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there are 11 days after that, or 12 days after that for mm-hmm. Halloween. So we got to start thinking of like Halloween movies. Yeah, get to more watch. more scary Halloween movies going. We got to we yeah we got to kick this season off right. Yeah. All right. So anyway, log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Let us know what scary movies you're watching or what Carrie Fisher movies you are watching. Make sure make sure you engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. And always, always, always subscribe to us and tell your friends to subscribe to us and they'll tell two friends to subscribe to us and so on and and so so on on, and and so so on. And also engage with us with your Alexa enabled device and say, Alexa, play the watch list with Patty and Bill podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you. And if you know somebody who actually is suffering from depression, or any other kind of any other kind of thing, make sure that they get help. And that is one thing that Carrie Fisher would probably say. So in honor of her, do that. All right, everybody. All right. Take care. Mask up. And go vote. And go vote. Yeah, do it. Okay, bye. bye. bye.